Hello, welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Art Lives. My name is Elizabeth Thielamater. On this podcast, I talk with artists one-on-one about their art, their lives, and how they navigate the world. This episode features international flutist Christopher Lee. Chris is a certified personal trainer and a founding faculty member of Whole Musician, a team of teachers who provide holistic, artistic workshops. On this episode, we talk about staying healthy on the road, no matter where you tour, and the Whole Musician mission, and Chris shares the remarkable story of his sudden heart attack last year and his astounding recovery. This episode was recorded over the internet, and there is some compromised audio quality, but everything that Chris has to say is excellent, honest, and heartfelt. Here is Christopher Lee. It's the nice thing about the arts. It's just that everything we do, um, you know, can become a, a, an option for somebody else. Right. And uh, it's it's kind of nice. I was actually doing a similar kind of a workshop last week in, in Omaha and um, talking about people's options. Nice. Just getting the students to sort of put down what their ideas of what they could possibly do are. Um, these are mostly music students. So um, everything was sort of centered around that. And, um, you know, we got the usual, I could become a college professor or um, I could go play an orchestra and uh, I could compose. There was another one and so on and so forth. All the usual things that we would normally see. And uh, my big thing is that, uh, hopefully I could put this succinctly, but it's easy to come up with those because those labels have already been invented and because somebody's already done that yes and you know i kind of my 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 big thing is that we can sure follow along that path but it is already somebody else's path and it's not necessarily that we fit into that because we all have our own and the big deal is is just trying to figure out how to make our own passion, our own path, and such like that, viable in today's world. And it's very, very possible because my big, uh, my underlying thought or feeling is that if somebody is doing something that they're absolutely in love with, I mean absolutely in love with, then they'll do it pretty well, and it automatically will become viable to somebody else. Uh. I know that there was a time when you'd playing yeah. in an orchestra. So does that mean there was a moment when you said, mm-hmm. I am going to do my own thing? Or has your career to this point been creating your own path? Uh, no, it certainly wasn't creating my own path. Uh, when I was in university, I was on... Um, I had the same goals that a lot of other people had, which was you're going to get out and we were definitely all going to get an orchestra job. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was no, no doubt about that. And, um, <laughs> you know, for your students, I'm being, uh, I'm being a little facetious there, but um, yeah. 
it's, it wasn't, it's not that it was easy back then. It was just, we had no other option. <laughs> um, so, uh. luckily enough, uh, and it was sheer luck, that's what I did. And um, I got uh, my first job, and that turned into a 21-year job. Mm. And uh, But I tell you, during that time, uh, yeah, it felt pretty good. I was doing the thing. Oh. Um, but I was pretty dead, you know, inside. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I would go to the hall and like play the rehearsals, like play the rap, which was lovely and all that. But, um, yeah. Sometimes there were veterans there that had been there much longer than I have, and people were just putting in their time. You know? So it wasn't as enjoyable as I had dreamed. And um, after a while, the, t- the years just flew by, and we never paid attention to that, or I never paid attention to that, until, um, you know, the orchestra had some financial difficulties, and, uh, well, serious ones, and they ceased operating. And so all of a sudden, uh, at the end of the season, I had to figure, well, I'm not going back. It's not there anymore. So what am I going to do? And... It was funny, right at that point in time, I realized uh, that I hadn't been doing the thing I always wanted to do all these years. And uh, so I decided, well, that's how I have to go about, you know, the next chapter. And uh, I started uh, teaching a lot more and and, uh, playing recitals a lot more um, and, and just figuring out how to go about getting into that world now again it's, it's about people I knew and being lucky and so on yeah uh, but I started doing quite a number of festivals we we have lots of those in the flute world <laughs> in the flute world um yeah <laughs> it seems like every little town has one um so I just decided I was going to do that now it, you know a lot of these were for no fee right uh, and that's important to to know that even after playing in an orchestra for all these years and so on it would be a, unreasonable for me to have expected to go and automatically be hired to do recitals and stuff for a fee yes uh, this was a, a new beginning if you will so it was back to the old days of yes I'll do that not because um uh, well, for no other reason other than I thought it would be helpful, and to me, personally. And um, then I started doing them, and I realized that there was another side to it. There were all of these kids that would attend, uh, students that would attend, and through teaching them and, and getting to listen to them and then listening to our shows and so on, I realized that it meant so much to them. Yeah. And it was just an amazing energy that that came out at every one of these. It didn't matter where it was. And that that became pretty infectious. So I started doing a lot more <laughs> of them. Uh, again, for no fee, you know. Uh, right. And, and uh, it's one of my, my must-dos these days. I keep thinking, if anybody asks me to do a festival, I'll say yes, <laughs> automatically. <laughs> uh, because you sort of know that it, it is lending an awful lot of... Um, uh, importance it, it is is doing a lot of good yeah. for a lot of the young people that are in whichever location, and that is certainly a huge part of 
our lives, I think, as artists, is giving back. Right. Or feeling that you're giving back. And um, being useful. You know, it's, it's not all about making a paycheck or anything like that. Uh, so it, it's all, it all goes in a big parcel together. And I still teach. So I think this relates to your whole musician project. Yes, very much. You know, we started about six years ago, um, just sitting around a dinner table. And we realized that we all had these other interests in addition to the food and music. Yeah. And that they all actually fit together really well. So we just started doing this. But... Um, we all have different specialties that we bring to the table and, and uh, putting it all together, it, it sort of gives a really nice rounded view of things, which is always focused on being kind to yourself and, mm. you know, not, uh, how should I say, not getting caught up in the negativity that can be so prevalent in our business. Sure the pressure and, 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 and the, the shoulds. We all have a lot of shoulds. I should be shoulds. <laughs> So yeah. we try to just expose that, those things from what they are and um, we realize that they're of no consequence whatsoever. So it's all in a service to the students because we realize that the students, especially universities and so on, either they're um, sort of wandering, a little lost, or afraid, definitely afraid of the future, where it has for them, and so on, or, or they're struggling to catch up, yeah. you know, to their peers and so on. And the thing is, though, everybody comes to their idea or their level of success at a completely different time. Than, than right. That's totally cool. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but I know when you're young, it's, it's a bad time. I must do this now before I'm... You know, 30. Oh, yes. All these strange things. So uh, we decided we, we needed to help a lot of these students out. And in doing so, we also help each other with ourselves. Wow. And um, part of it is focused on meditation. Part of it is on yoga. Part of it is fitness. There's also a life coach and so on. Um, so a lot of it goes on inside our heads. Okay. Um, but then a lot of it too is very practical, hands-on, like uh, music stuff. Yeah. And uh, this is what we can do, and, and, and so this is what you can look forward to in your careers and so on. Um, so right now we do like, yeah. I'm sorry. That's no, okay. Uh, who's in the group? Um, well, it's myself and uh, Christine Baird, who is a professor at. Omaha, she just joined us, and um, Dr. Megan Lance, who is teaching in Colorado U, and uh, Dr. Mac Griffith, who teaches down in Dallas, and Dr. Rick Noyce, who is at Cal State, doing the films, and that's it, there's five of us. Okay. Now, we all happen to be flutists, but actually, uh, these uh, residencies that we do are open to everybody. It's, ah. it's, it doesn't matter what what um, discipline they're in. Usually, performing artist, but this last one we had some actors drop in, which I adore. Neat. Because uh, the the interaction between actor and music is just fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then 
the last one we had a lot of guitar players coming. Cool. Uh, you know, everybody is, it's 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 um, applicable to everybody, and uh, that's what's nice is because we don't even though we do master classes, it doesn't have to be flute master class. It could be anything because music is music. Right. And it, it's really fantastic how that happens, but. Um, what I find, uh, this, this was the second year we went back to Cal State, um, and we had a lot of people come back, a lot of the students that were there the year before had come back, and, uh, you know, you get to play checkup on, how are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing now? And, and I was Googling. One of the things that we found that makes it feel so good is that a lot of times they've managed to compartmentalize and, and organize their time oh. so that the, the perceived pressures that they had uh, they realized weren't really at all it just took some shifting here and there you know yeah. um, and a lot of it was stuff they put on themselves but our, our young people don't have those skills yet so of course it's going to all mount up on them it's difficult enough for us you know us teachers and so on but um, if we can sort of show them how to do things yes. and to organize things, then it's much easier for them. I'm not sure what uh, skills I truly comprehended when I was in college, but I know that some current college students really lack in certain life skills like that. They'll, they'll actually say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, nobody's told them, yeah. you know, how. And and they haven't quite got enough life experience yet to figure that. Um, you know, at a certain point you get to a, a, an age or stage, I guess, where you can just say, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, when you're young and in college, you, you're, you're saying yes to everything. And that can be a, a, an issue in itself. Mm-hmm. But uh, this, that's just prioritizing. But remembering where the you're at that point in time where your goal is, and then we can say in everything that you do, is this going to serve it? Um, you know, is is it going to serve it by by spending this much time on this or that and the other? I mean, we have we have courses that we have to complete and so on and so forth. But I think a lot of the college students it seems have lose sight of the fact that. The college is just, you know, four years, six years if they're doing something more, or maybe maybe if they're going into a doctorate, maybe another couple of years on top of that. But it's it's not a forever thing. Yes. And it will be over <laughs> at a certain point. <laughs> and then what you're going to do? You know, think about that part of it. And just, this is the preparation for it. It's, this is the, the time that is allowing you to to learn how to how to have all these projects on the go. It's also a time when you're networking with your peers, and um, they, who will become your colleagues in the future. And uh, it's a time when you you have the ability to get up on stage and make a complete fool of yourself. <laughs> uh, exactly. You know, yeah. That's why it's there. You don't want to do that later on uh, because you haven't learned how to prepare. I love this. So it's it's just. Yeah. So can yeah, it's really cool. Can you talk uh, me through a residency? What happens? 
Sure. Um, so what happens we go in, it's usually like three days. Okay. Or three to four days, something like that. And it kind of depends on the school, what they want to focus on. Sometimes they'll tell us that their kids really need this, that, or the other. But uh, if we get no direction, then usually our residency is about, at the beginning, uh, we'll do, uh, we'll try to find out, get to know uh, the people who are there, mm-hmm. the students, and see what kind of people they are and, and, and what they're aiming for and also what the difficulties are. Uh, but most of the time, it's uh, they all come down to the same thing. I'm sorry to generalize like that. <laughs> students are all the same. So <laughs> um, <clears throat> we'll then try and, and break down what exactly these uh, pressures are. Now, that's where our life coach takes over. And uh, sort of he, he manages to, to talk out all of these points like, Oh, you know, your, your grades are suffering this semester because of X, Y, Z, whatever. Um, and here's how you can look at it. Does it. Is it really the same? Is it really what you thought about? And so on and so forth. So this is all a mind thing that's going on psychologically. And um, we'll also usually then move straight into a playing thing, a musical thing, so like a master class or something like that, um, where we all teach. So it's not a, nice. a master class with one person. We all, we're all there, we listen, and then chime in as to when we have something to add yeah and um and then that usually goes into our open mic which is one of my favorite things uh which is just anybody can come and do anything Ooh, you know cool they can even play something that they've never played before you know all of it it's not about um being great it's about sharing music with each other and yes. taking the pressure out of it entirely. Uh-huh. So we'll do ridiculous music and we'll do some strange things and, and all that. Uh-huh. So that is usually a night that goes on and on and on. <laughs> and it's wonderful. You know? um, and then uh, we will do uh, the next day sort of thing. We'll start it off with a more physical aspect of things. So like we'll get people into the right mindset with yoga and stuff like that and talking about the body and how it actually helps. Uh, us perform mm. um, and where the pressures are because things like muscles resonate and lots of people don't even think about that but how to be completely physically relaxed on stage every time you play and that's linked into the psychological aspect of things too because tension a lot of times comes from our brains telling us you know oh I'm under stress yeah <laughs> yes uh, we don't always have complete control over that. But this is about teaching how to gain control. Right. And uh, to be able to, under a pressure situation, like we all do as musicians, get up there and just say, okay, I got this. Nice. And that changes your physique, your entire way of, of being, and it changes your mindset, and then it changes the chemicals in your body too. So yeah. that you are actually more relaxed. Wow. And um, so it's just gaining mastery over the body. Um, it's shocking to me, in particular, how little control students of, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, how little control they have over their bodies. Wow. Very little. <laughs> so they don't even know their bodies. <laughs> and uh, so we make them know the important sort of bits of their body as it comes to performing. And then we'll move into my sort of bit, which is sort of uh, an interpretation workshop about how to pull out these little ideas and stuff from just looking at a score 
mm-hmm. and uh, then how to ex- execute them. You know, being able to find the technique to do that. My my line is always that we have to find, we have to let the imagination go. Imagine all of these things that you could do, and then find the technique to do that. Hmm. Rather than saying I can't do that because you know my my technique won't allow me to do it. Yeah, it will if you look at it. If you try to find a way to do it, you can find it. So that's where technique improves, I think. You know, but through a purpose. Yes, there's a different purpose rather than just getting your fingers. And then uh, we'll move into and these are all sort of uh, with people doing things volunteering to do exercises and stuff. With or without their instrument, um, and then what we did last week, like what I said, the actors came in. One of my big things is just getting an actor to come up there and and, and uh, improvise. Wonderful. And, uh, so what they are hearing from somebody playing, huh. and it's an interesting exercise. So uh, the first time we do it without the musician seeing what they what the actor is doing, I didn't want them to be influenced by that. Huh. And then the second time to play the same thing, this time seeing what the actor is doing. So in one one sense, in one version, the actor is leading the music, and the other version, the musician is leading the music. And to, to, for the students to see that they actually can do this and, and the power they have to, to change a scene or an emotion or, or things like that is very powerful for them. Yeah. Um, so that's a really fun one to do. Um, and then we go into, uh, uh, you know, some schools like last week we had to get very, we talked about practice techniques and how to be efficient at that. Um, well, lots of the students, as you might know, say the same thing. Oh, I worked on this passage for so long and then it fell apart when I got to the concert. Right. And, <laughs> you know, then we have to talk about, well, was that really practicing? Yes. <laughs> but of course, nobody's told them before. So this is, <laughs> we, at that age, all we knew was you just have to play more. Oh <laughs> but my gosh. how to actually practice is, is, is to deliver results is what we're after, how to, how to do that. Because as you get older, as you get out of school, as you know, we have much less time available oh, yeah. to practice. <laughs> so you have to be good at it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just being able to say, okay, this is what I'm going to achieve, and, and let's find a way to go about doing that. But that leads better results, as we know, much more. Um, uh, it leads results you can sort of count on from the times when you're up on stage. You know, it's, okay, I fixed this. You actually fixed this. You didn't just repeat it and got it right maybe five times out of ten. So um, it leads to a different level of confidence. Sure. When you're on stage, you know, absolutely. Um, less less fear. This is all about less fear. And then, you know, we move into sort of usually by the the last day, we have to put everybody back together again. And, um, <laughs> so our life coach comes back in and starts talking about uh, exactly all the tools that we've given, how you put that together, and uh, make it work for yourself. And everybody's a little different. And um, just trying to, to give them something that they can take away uh, and practice on their own from. But a lot of times, uh, a lot of students just seem to hit on meditation. They like doing that. And it seems to have made a big difference with many of them. 
home because our meditation is not about quieting your mind. Mm-hmm. It's just about focusing the mind. Because I think the first challenge that everybody has about meditation is that, oh, I can't shut my mind off. Right. But we don't need to. You know, we just need to focus it. That's all. I, yeah, that's exactly what I hear from some of my students. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, that is because we all think we need to be thinking of nothing, which is kind of impossible. <laughs> <laughs> and it adds more pressure, doesn't it? Yeah. You no, know, I can't. I can't even meditate. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. I'm failing at this too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like to see students smile uh, and enjoy themselves. You know, it's yeah. just. I, I hate to see our young people suffering when when there's maybe something that we can do about it. Right. So it's a, that is one of the greatest joys, I think, being able to go into schools and meeting people that might get something out of our residency and and, and then keeping in touch. We always keep in touch with awesome. people. Uh, and just seeing how things go and develop. Um because you know we never had this when I was in school. Hmm. No, no, nobody talked about this stuff. And, um, it was almost a, a like taboo, I would say. Oh, you know, you, you don't talk about any weaknesses <laughs> that you may have. Um, but I'm so happy that these days a lot of schools are more open to that. Yeah, and the students definitely are more open to that. What seems so. to be a huge um, very crucial difference in what you folks are doing is that wrap up day that, okay, what can we, how can we move from here? Right. Um, it is. I have, no, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Please go ahead. Oh, okay. No, well, no, I was just going to say that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's uh, essential because, the, the worst thing I think anyone can do is come in somewhere and say all these wonderful things, blah, 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 blah and that's it. Yeah. Um, we've got to give them some kind of ammunition, if you will, that they can take and apply for yeah. themselves, you know, uh, even if it's just maybe a handout, although it's much better if it's the whole hands-on thing. Um, mm. Then it shows them how they can take that crucial first step. And this is what you can do, like, you know, after you leave this room, and uh, be that uh, psychologically speaking or even uh, musically speaking. You go into your practice room right after here. This is what you can do. Just try it. Bam. And that gives them something to do. And, um, once That's they discover that, then it, it's fine. That's great. Yeah. So you perform recitals. Your uh, You do these residencies. Mm-hmm sounds like your day-to-day life can be quite varied yeah it's always different i keep having to check the calendar for what day it is because, um, there's no routine but that for me is a good thing yeah uh i know a lot of people thrive on routine and this would probably drive them insane but uh no for me it's different because i have to um i also have my own students private students here uh, i see and I like the fact that the weekend, for instance, doesn't mean anything to me. And the, the holiday is more of a pain <laughs> yeah. because certain stores are closed or whatever. 
Um, yeah. To me, every other day is just a day with you and uh, or students, and that I get to to work with them or work with my colleagues. I mean, every day is fantastic. Except, oh, I have to say, the only one day I don't like is travel day. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I can't stand the airport, but <laughs> yeah. Other than that, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that is something that I never considered when I was younger, and I didn't <laughs> think it would get harder as I got older. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it does, kids. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but what do you do? You have to do that bit of it to get to the good bit. So, uh, <laughs> what am I like? For instance, this week, what am I doing? So. Uh, Right now, my um, schools are on spring break. Okay. So that's very nice. Uh, but I have to, I'm preparing stuff for next weekend, which is when I said I was going to be in Belgium and um, teaching there. Uh, that's at the university in, in a, it's a small city, smaller city called uh, Leuven, Brussels. Uh, called Leuven. what? It's just outside of Brussels. Hmm. And, um, okay. We'll be there for like this is a luxury actually because uh, I'll be there doing stuff in the university for two days, but the third day is a day off. Can you believe? Ooh. We're gonna get to see some some of the sites maybe, um, and then you know the next day is a travel day, so <laughs> we're back again, um, and then spring mm-hmm. breaks over, and so we're back into teaching, and um, I'm also. Doing some rehearsals from musical in April. Yeah, cool. Um, which is yeah, it's interesting. Um, and then ongoing prep because uh, my next uh, festival, which I love, as you know, I, I said before, I love doing festivals, is in Costa Rica. Cool. And uh, you know, I love that part of the world. I know you do. Too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I can't wait for that. That's going to be in July. And I'm just like, oh, it can't come fast enough. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's the next little while. When you, um, when you plow, yeah. uh, travel, is it hard for you to physically play yes. the next day? Yes. You are a flute uh, I don't know exactly, physiologically speaking, exactly why. Yeah. Um, but it's probably just brain tired. Yeah. And I think, um, like, last week was actually a challenge because uh, the organizer planned to have a short concert the day I arrived. Oh. And um, it was sight-readable stuff, which is what we did, so that was fine. But it's uh, not something I want to do, necessarily, because... uh, then the flute feels like you've never touched it before. <laughs> and things like breathing and stuff like that, it's just not working. Right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I I arrive, especially from a long plane ride, I arrive physically sore, so my shoulders well, and exactly. arms are sore. If I'm going to play the drums, it's rough. But I can't imagine then having to... Breathe yeah. <laughs> in order to play. Yeah, it just feels like you're not even in your own body. Right? <laughs> and so then you can't depend on on muscle memory or anything like that for your technique or whatever. It's just a big one big worry. 
But sometimes people have to do that when they're traveling on the audition circuit, for instance. Yeah. You know, they have to get used to, to that feeling. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm lucky that I haven't had to do that in a long time. So, mm. you know. But you can, you can get into the, the, the gist of it if you do it often enough. True. Um, and a lot of uh, concertizers, a lot of soloists in the days past used to do so many concerts. They were constantly doing this. And they'd get off the plane and go right into the hall. It's just a factor of their life. True. But um, for for us now, for for me, traveling means I have to set aside a whole day uh, to do just that. Mm -hmm. And then the next day I'm starting to, I will do certain things to try and get into my own body again. So I will, I'll I'll exercise. Nice. um, you can't always depend on the food, wherever you are, and, uh, <laughs> as you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big one, isn't it? But <laughs> it is. I try and get out and see, just to have a quick walk around the neighborhood of wherever I'm staying, and, and that tends to help feel like you're human again. <laughs> sure. And um, then you can maybe go and do a rehearsal, but, you know, uh, Ideally, I would never have to play on the day. But sometimes it does come up. And, uh, what are you going to do? Uh-huh. You know, we just have to get through it. But right. It is possible. I will say that, I know this doesn't help for the sore arms and stuff, but flying on those um, um, Boeing 787s, you know, and the, the lovely new things. Yeah. Um, where they have this climate control in the cabin and they the ambient lighting that changes colors depending on the time zone you're in, it really helped me. I don't know about others, but I got off feeling much less tired than I usually do. Oh. Really good. Good. So I try and make sure that there's a 787 on my computer. Sure. That's important. <laughs> That's important to know. All yeah, it's huge. But most of it, you know why? It's because of the altitude that the yes. cabin usually is at. Like, oh. I think they... Usually keep it at about eight thousand feet, which is pretty thin for oxygen and, and stuff. Once you get dry and stuff like that, uh-huh. and dehydrated. But uh-huh. with the seven eight seven, I think it's now lower. Uh-huh. I, I want to say it's like five thousand feet, which might be like being in Denver. So it's a little more human, human, you know. Yes. And you don't dry out as much, and, and all these things are very important. And of course, you don't get sick at all. So those are mm-hmm. really important. I hope the airline industry can change all their plans eventually. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> because the musicians need it. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but flying is... Um, when you... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I've... I think you're about no, to say it. Yeah. <laughs> After you come back, or before you go, do you have... A physical way that you are preparing for a trip it depends on where i'm going to um okay so if it's somewhere you know within a, a time zone and maybe a five-hour flight no just nothing special um yeah but something longer than that yes i do have to prepare now like for instance going to costa rica is a bit longer and um mm. it's uh, kind of the same time zone but uh one of the things that's really interesting about that is that I don't know 
this the schedule that I'm on. I know what day I should get there. You're right. But I don't know what's happening after that. Nope. And that's typical for South America. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I could actually be playing a concert the next day. I don't know. <laughs> so I, I kind of psych myself out in just in case. And um, I will pretend when I'm here at home, I'll pretend like concert times and, you know, two days, the day after my travel or whatever, and um, oh. go through the motions of that. Because uh, somebody's going to oh. be first. <laughs> so um, when I get there, then I'm sort of psyched out and to already be performing. Yeah. And um, that has been a big help, I think, uh, in a lot of places where you don't get the schedule ahead of time. And um, I, I quite enjoy that. The nice part is that I can stay on that all week, probably. Ah, right. You know, I can be, be on that edge right there, ready to go. And, um, I, I run a lot on adrenaline when I'm at these things, so I don't want to miss a second of anything. Uh, and yeah. Uh, I'm just out there all the time uh, with the kids, with your colleagues and stuff like that. It's just fantastic. Um, so when I come back, <laughs> that's the that's the recharge time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah, it can sometimes take me like a week, depending on where I am, to get back into the swing of things and feel rested. Um, you know, if I was doing if I was doing more. Uh, concerts or whatever closer together, I'd have to find a different way of handling it. Uh, because I probably put myself out there too much when I'm traveling. Like I'm too excited to do everything. And I should probably take it a little more easy, but that's not in my genes. And, uh, you know, I keep thinking, yeah, you're going to, let's do it 100% everything. <laughs> yeah. But that's how you experience and interact with people. I did so. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, remember like when we were in uh, Honduras, you and I together. And, um, yeah. you know, there were all these activities and things to do. I mean, but when I look back on it, yes, there was a lot of time to relax. <laughs> there was some downtime. I just didn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> because everything was so amazing. And, uh, you know, even when we would right. all hang out at the pool till late at night, it's just yeah, yeah. I could go to bed, but when am I going to be with these people again? And you know, right. That's that's part of our life. Yeah. <laughs> so, what would you, um, what would you like to be doing in five years? I would love to be alive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I would love to be. Doing exactly what I'm doing. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, you know, if I have the time, that to me is the thing. I want. I want to be here and then just continuing. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, when I was when I was uh, in in the hospital, there was a lot of time doing nothing <laughs> and. I had a lot of time to think about what I wanted to do and so on and so forth. Um, and definitely uh, one of the projects I also wanted to do, and we're going to do it to home musicians and so on, is to form an instrument bank um, where we can have some higher quality instruments available to, you know, really talented kids who just need 
a better instrument to progress on for a certain length of time. Yeah. Um, so that's the next project we're working on. And um, that always stuck in my head when I was there. Like, this needs to be done, this needs to be done. And um, I think things like that, uh, when I was telling everybody about what I, what I was thinking, everybody was saying, well, that, that's you know the reason that you're still here or whatever. Uh, huh. And it might be, I don't know, that there, I feel like there's still, still a lot of things left to do. Uh, but it all has to do with um, getting to reach as many students all over the place that I can and, and make sure they're not suffering. Mm. There's, there's no need for that. I mean, we're actually in one of the most amazing and wonderful professions. <laughs> and nobody needs to suffer. Just, uh, you know, we just need to, to give and, and share. That's it. And getting that understanding too, yeah, it can be a bit tough, but really, it's a it's the internet age. <laughs> I mean, everybody has this, has everybody has a voice. Just share it. Yeah. And um, so I love all of other kinds of music too. Like the, the vibe is usually different than in classical music, where we're all a little stodgy. Um, but all music is it should be the same, right? Yeah. So when I see students just, oh, uh, I want to just grab them and say, it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So that's what I'm after. I mean, that's what I'd love to be doing in five years. I'd love to be doing that in 10 years or more. Um, but where I am now, what we're doing now is exciting. And I love it. So, yeah, exactly you that. Mean, you mentioned being in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Would you mind quickly sharing why you were in the hospital? Oh, yes, I should. Actually, I would put some context to that. <laughs> um, you don't well, have to. I can just no, put no. something in the intro. No, I, I don't mind at all. Um, this is part of sharing everything I do. Um, yeah, I was in the hospital in Orlando last August 2018 uh, because I had a heart attack. Uh, I was there to do a convention, a fleet convention, and some joke that that's the reason, but anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I ended up having a heart attack, uh, which uh, developed straight away into cardiac arrest, um, and I was shocked about nine times, and uh, I was down, as they, they call it, I was down for just over half an hour. Wow. So, um, they, I was quite lucky to be here, actually. Um, and I was quite lucky that I had people around me that just sprung into action and um, that the hospital was very close by and that the paramedics just happened to be very close by as well. So there was a lot of luck happening, which is why in my previous statement, people said, that's why you're still here, there must be a reason. Um, which is what I was trying to understand why am I still here. Uh, with all of these things that could have gone wrong and at the same time when they were doing you know, the operations uh, whatever complications <laughs> apparently the doctors said were very rare I had a lot mm. and um, so various things failed like my kidneys failed and um, I had I was in cardiac 
cardiogenic shock, they call it, and so on. Right. But eventually, that all sort of stabilized. But I ended up, the total time I've been in hospital about three weeks only, I think, somewhere about. Um, and I was determined not to stay there. Yeah. So, uh, apparently, they say my recovery has been a little on the quick side. I would. And that's fine by me. Yeah, I would guess. <laughs> you, I would have sworn in a court of law that you were the most um, healthy and fit person I knew. Yeah, it was always very important to me, and then look what happened. But um, they, the doctors, did say that being fit mm-hmm. doesn't really help you avoid the event of a heart attack. Wow. What it does do is it helps you survive. Aha. Uh-huh. And that is why they kept going, shocking me as long, they say, as long as they did, because they knew my body could handle it. Great. Wow. And so it was sort of the after effect that you're, mm-hmm. you're looking at, right? And um, the, I mean, right now, as far as in, in the cardiac rehab program, you know, the, it's an exercise program, basically, which I was really looking forward to. Yeah. Um, but it, but it's so mild and gentle. I thought, oh, this is driving me insane. <laughs> so <laughs> I just started going back to the gym on my own accord and doing stuff. You know, so I feel a hundred percent better. Amazing. Um, I have uh, one small little issue with um, my leg was damaged in one of the operations a bit. Huh. So. Um, I, I say a little bit. I, I I don't remember any of this, but apparently it was bad enough that if it didn't get circulation back in it, they would have amputated it. Oh. Um, but so that one is, I would say, ninety nine percent back to normal. Incredible. And um, I'm happy about that. So everything that I had and the kidneys are functioning again. So that allowed me to travel. Yeah. You know, I I remember saying. When I was having dialysis one day, so I just looked up there and I said, just let my kidneys work. Everything else I can deal with. Huh. Because without my kidneys working, I knew I couldn't travel anymore and meet all these kids and do all these things. Yeah. And then I didn't know what I would do. That was a big depression. Mm. But then they woke up and they just started working again. And so... Incredible. So, yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> but... Um, and they, I remember distinctly like, after the blood test that showed they were starting to work. The mm-hmm. uh, nurses in the in the ward they brought in cake and <laughs> I said, "What is this?" They said, "Well, two people in the year, two of their patients have had their kidneys start working again. You're one of them." Wow. I said, "Two? Are you serious? Oh. Like wow. out of these thousands of people, two? Yeah." Yeah. Okay. I'll take that cake. And you were in a big <laughs> hospital in Toronto yeah. too, right? Yeah. Specialists. So apparently that, you know, it happens occasionally, but there's no rhyme or reason as to when or where or why. And um, I just figured it happened because I asked something or someone for it. And, hmm. You know, I had other stuff to do and I couldn't be bothered being stuck to a bed for dialysis three times a week. Yeah. <laughs> but I think well, that's key for everybody, you know. I think um, the, 
determination it's not a bad thing I will do this and I will do that it's just about knowing there's nothing there's no other options in what I want to do yeah and, and that affects our, our physical nature quite a bit as we already know hmm. but also our mental um, status Hmm. purpose everything is about purpose having having a reason for why we do everything yeah either why you're learning that skill or why are you going to the airport (laughs) to go here yeah (laughs) makes it better (laughs) right yes so yeah that was my my hospital story i don't think i left anything out there but i think it's important for me to 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 share i I have no uh, secret to that well, it was such a testament to who you are and how many lives you have touched because when the news of what had happened to you, when that news got out, um, the outpouring of love and concern mm-hmm. um, for you was inestimable and it came from all over the world. Yeah, I was really surprised. I was so touched. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. It was the most amazing thing. Can I say that I think that was one of the most Thanksgiving things hmm. um, that really helped because I was I could read messages from people. Uh, you know, it's just it really does make a difference at those times. I, I I never would have believed it could make such a difference, hmm. and it, it, it's amazing. Each person and, and you think it, they each brought back memories of when they were together. Or some some people I have not even met yet. Uh, you know, and it gives hope to that too. But colleagues that I haven't heard from in years, mm. and oh, it's just I, I really remember that experience with great affection. I mean. I feel like if I could, I want to travel to all of their homes and <laughs> give them a hug and say thanks because that really gave me something to look forward to. And yeah. To try, you know. Um, sure. You know, hospitals are pretty weak, but um, having that in the outside world and thinking, wow, there's all these people that actually give a damn. Yeah. And. I was really surprised at that. I just never, never realized there was that kind of community out there. Well, you know, at the risk of being sappy, mm. I mean, that's that's the power of you. That's uh-huh. the power of art and music. Yeah. That's your ability to work with people and inspire mm. young kids. Uh, yeah, well, I hope so. Um, you know, I really, I say, I, I love, you know, there's one line that we use in our residencies, basically at the end to wrap it up. It, I, I, I keep misquoting it, but I'll try to get it this time. Um, I think it goes something like, you cannot recognize inspiration unless you two are inspiration. Uh. And I think that is so true um, that you know I don't recognize that in, in myself obviously who does hmm. but there is some comfort in knowing that because I am inspired by so many other people 
uh, perhaps I do the same. Um, uh, that's a, a it's a very nice thought because you know people talk about legacy and things like that where you want to leave behind and so on. Sure. And um, that's the the only thing I hope I do is if somebody will remember how I made them feel. That would be cool. Because mm. then you are always remembered. Yeah. And and I think our young people are so now I keep talking about students and young people people in college and stuff like that, but actually <laughs> we do it with everybody. Um oh and colleagues. We've had retreats for our colleagues. Yeah. Um but it's it's just letting everybody know that they are valid and they have a, a voice and they have something to share. It's just amazing. Um, you know, I learned so much from the students that yeah. I mean, I learned number one how to try and teach better, and right. number two, I, I learned a lot too about how to actually play my instrument better and, and so on and so forth. I mean, you know, it's pretty selfish actually because I learned so much. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was really nice to hear from a lot of them, and, and just to, to know yeah. that I might have made a different call. I can't tell you how heartwarming that was. That's and, great. But, you know, and I'm trying to to find them all now and say thank you, thank you, because it, um, it really is uh, an amazing gift that everybody yeah. gave to me when they just reached out and said, hey. I'm watching over here. It's kind of cool. Well, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that uh, people were able to say thank you to you yeah. for what you'd already given them. Yeah, I guess they felt good too. And, and you know, it was a, it's certainly an amazing time in that respect. <laughs> um, yeah. And I love getting to, to hear about people's and, and what they're doing. The, um, the, you know, one of the interesting things was that all of the nitty-gritty details about what the doctors were doing and saying and all, and the news about that, of course, um, I wasn't being too forthcoming on that, just because I thought, oh, it's kind of boring. No, who cares? <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, on the overall, uh, I think people could tell when it was sort of fixed, was healed, if you will. Yeah. And... That was definitely stuff that should be shared. I, I, I wonder sometimes, I mean, people people have said, some people have said to me that, you know, this is a private thing, and why do you have some of it? And I think exactly that reason. Yeah. So that nobody feels that they have to suffer alone. They don't. Yeah. The, the hardest part for me was when I actually came back to my home, mm. and I live on my own. Yes, right. And, and you know, my, my doctor was saying fine, but you know, check in, so on and so forth. Um, and, and just getting used to that time was really my biggest challenge. But there were people all around ready to, to just be there, you know, right. to just supporting us. I never felt completely alone. Good. And that was important. Good. So none of us really are and it's such a thing for because you know our, our parents generation and so on but one of the I think one of the biggest problems is that so many of them get isolated yes and 
they feel like there's no one to talk to. And it's, oh, how sad is that? And of course, there's always somebody to talk to. So, right. um, you just have to be aware of that. Yes. And, and always share, share everything. Well, thank you so very much for doing this. And we should have those other conversations. I love talking to you. Hopefully my students can meet you sometime soon. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, no, these are, uh, it's a wonderful series you've got here. And, and um, just so, it was a great idea. Your students are so lucky. Oh, that's really nice of you. <laughs> Yeah, to have somebody who cares. Yeah, oh, well, it's uh, fantastic. You know, yeah, some of us learn the hard way, so. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> okay, but here we are, and we can actually change things. Yeah, so, yeah. and I'm so glad you are here. Hooray. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I plan to be here for a while. Well, I'm not on board. <laughs> That's an excellent idea. I, I love that plan. <laughs> I support that plan 100%. Awesome. <laughs> so hopefully we get to meet up at a festival again soon. It was so much fun. Yes. yes. Okay. Good plan to another one. Yes. And um, hopefully we'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. You have been listening to the Art Lives Podcast. My immense gratitude to Christopher Lee for talking with me and his absolute generosity. Right now, we are listening to Christopher Lee play with guitarist James Brown. This is the first track from their 2011 album, Bailar Conmigo. I've posted links to Chris's website, www.christopherlee.ca on the Art Lives page of my website, elizabethdelamater.com. Please give us a rating and comments on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or both. You probably know this, but more ratings and more comments allow more people to hear us. Special thanks to Bill Salek, artist Eduardo Moreno, and composer Nicholas Myers. And of course, thank you so much for listening to Art Lives. Mm-hmm.